Good morning. World's greatest prayer. That prayer we just watched is the most famous prayer that Christianity knows across the globe. Let me, right before I get really, really started, let me tell you, this is not for sale, just in case anybody's not clear. Over there, we have adjacent, expansive property that we bought in year 2000 that we don't need, and we're selling it. So it's over there. I just want to clarify that. This is not for sale. World's greatest prayer, turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Did you bring your Bibles? Hope you did. And turn over to Matthew. And if you didn't, start bringing them. You know, we use them every week. We have for 22 years, and we're gonna, not going to stop. And the people of God said, it's a good thing to have God's Word. I just... I encourage you. I know some of you like your devices, but I'm going to tell you there's nothing like the Scriptures. I, I personally just like writing in mine, marking it, uh, just feeling it, getting up in the middle of the night, early morning, whenever, and looking at God's Word. This particular passage is recorded in another Luke, very similar. It's only 52 words. So it's a very short account. It's a very short prayer. And it's in stark contrast to when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees one day, and he says, y'all just babble. Y'all just start to talk, and you never cease. Do you know anybody like that? Don't say anybody's name. And they just babble, babble, babble. And they thought that they were heard because of their many words lifted up. And that's not true. God always looks at the heart, the intention of man and woman. He looks to see who we are on the inside. And as he teaches this, if you look at the very top, it says, He didn't say, Lord, teach us a prayer. But here's the first blank. But teach us to pray. Not teach us a prayer. Because like, and we've kind of taken this prayer and made it a prayer that's almost like, um, you know, it just becomes so ritualistic and rote and we don't think about it. I've been chaplain for many athletic teams over the years. And, and those guys, man, they know how to say this prayer and they say it fast. And never stop to think what it says. And then at my previous church, I would lead this prayer as I prayed a pastoral prayer every Sunday morning. And then we would move into this prayer. And it's a great prayer. But if you're taking notes, you just might want to write down beside this. Just go, it's a template. It's a, a pattern. It's a model. It's not that we need to pray this particular prayer every single day verbatim, never giving any conscious thought to what we're saying and what God is instructing us to do, but it's, it's a model. It's a pattern. Teach us, Lord, to pray. Uh, I believe my back screen's out, isn't it? No, nothing's coming up. No, this screen's up. No, I'm sorry, my screen. That's okay. Look here. He didn't say, Lord, here, look, look at this next one with me. Look at the next screen. All right. There you go. Here's what I want you to do. Somebody up here like, man, how did I get in touch with you, PK? Did I send a smoke signal? Do I, do I text you? Do I call you? Do I just show up unannounced? All those work. Okay, not always the best. But what I thought I would do, I'm, I'm in the third week, and, and it's like a four-week series on prayer, and I thought, you ought to write this down. If you don't have my email or you've forgotten my email, or right now you're thinking about it, send me uh, a word of uh, intercession. Send me a word that, Pastor, would you come into agreement? Would you believe with me? Would you add your faith to mine? Would you pray for me about blank how many of you have some prayer requests that you wouldn't mind me praying for yeah so all i gotta do is just real simply send it there and i'll be glad to respond to you and i'll be able to join you in that great effort it's not that i think my prayers are more powerful than yours even though sometimes pastors are 
you know, people feel like, man, you're the pastor. So, man, when you talk, you got like a hotline to God, man. When you talk, God listens. He stops and he shuts heaven down and he listens. Here come Keith. Not true. God loves his kids. He loves us by the grace and mercy of Christ. And he invites us to pray. Let me just tell you some things that I'm praying. You might want to write a few of these down, and then maybe this will uh, spur you on thinking about some of your thoughts that you might share with me or share with someone in your small group. That's one thing I like about our small group ministries around the church. Small groups of people connecting with one another in the name of Christ, and they pray over and with one another, and we believe those prayers are fervent, effectual, and they make a difference. Here's something I'm praying right now. It's, it's, it's moved up toward almost the top of my list. Father, would you sell this property next door to us and, and provide, amen, and give great provision for our church? Could you all join me in that? Could you pray for that daily or whenever God calls you to do it? Here's the one that I pray for all the time. God, let us experience and see changed lives in our midst every single week. God, change people. Let the waters of baptism flow. God, just transform hearts. Flood our house. Here's a new one. I, I alluded to it earlier. Our new school partner, Success Unlimited Academy, that five, six hundred students that meet on a couple campuses down off Vaughn Road. Blake has some of the students in our ministry. They have elementary, actually K through 12. They have a lot of kids. And we're going to be doing some things. We, we went on the other night and we served in different shifts the concession stand. What you don't know is when I first became a minister 35 years ago, Actually, it was last week I completed 35 years. In my first year in, they introduced me to this school right down the road here. It's called Georgia Washington. And I went out there, and I, uh, and I had this job to take up lunch money. And the reason I did that was I wanted to connect with 700 students on their campus every single week. So I would show up, and I would give somebody a break, and all the kids would come through, and then they would come to our youth center and ended up coming chaplain of the school. And all kind of neat things happened. And when I would come home, Donna, as soon as I'd come in, she goes, you stink. I smell just like French fries. I mean, you, you know cafeteria french fries. They smell better than anybody's, right? Not. And, 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 and I, I would just do there. And, but it was a neat opportunity. So the other night, here I am, senior pastor, a lot less hair, gray, balding, love God, love people. I walk in concessions, and there was two fry babies there. And I said, what do you want me to do? He goes, how about fry some french fries? You think my God's got a sense of humor? 35 years ago, he's not promoted me yet. I mean, a guy could have said, hey, why don't you take out the trash? But he gave me, so I fried french fries all night. Man, it was fun. Except Blake was there, and he was over there working, and Eric and Dave and Jeremy, different ones kept coming this week. But it was funny, all these fries. But, you know, but I had to put on plastic gloves. Now, the people were glad that I was, had hygiene. They're hot and sweaty. You know what I'm saying? How many of you in here uh, have worked fast food in the past? Raise your hand. Raise them high. Now, if you're still working in fast food, keep it up. Let me see if there's anybody left. What happened? It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. It, it's just hard. Another thing I invite you to pray for, racial reconciliation. One of the big needs in our city. And we want to be a player in that. We want to see the body of Christ. We want to see all walks, all ethnicities coming together under the banner of the cross that Christ might get more glory. And our church can be a player in that. And it has, and I believe it will be greater in the future if we intentionally work on that and try to move that way. 
So here it is. We're, we're talking about the world's greatest prayer. We're talking about prayer today. And so I want you to fill in this blank with me. Prayer is a deep and personal connection to God. It's deep, or it should be deep. Some, sometimes they're not very deep, pretty shallow. But God wants us to be deep and very personal and so related to him that we begin to hear his heartbeat. We begin to see what he says, and we connect in, and we're strengthened. But you see, the thing that I know in this age we live, we're so committed to so many things. And one thing we're highly committed to is social media and our devices and plugging this up and plugging that up. It's like I've got all these Apple devices that I've bought over the years or been given to me or whatever. And every single one of them uses a different charger. Ah, and you go on a trip and you have to throw all these things in the back. And this week, you pray for PK. This is one you can pray for me. I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not. My, my iPod from years ago, one of the first ones, is antiquated fat. Doug laughed at it. I love you, Doug. And I listen to it most mornings with worship music. And praise God. It quit on me yesterday at the end of my walk. And I started messing with it. And I Googled to see why it had froze. And I'm trying different things. And the sucker's still not working. I'm not happy right now. I've got thousands and thousands of songs in there. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel my pain? You don't walk much, do you? Because when you walk, it's a wonderful time to see trees and birds and squirrels and, and life and people and pray and reflect. But I also just find it's really a great time just to worship. And I love to have these songs that we sing here on Sunday morning. Some that we sang 20 years ago that I listened to. And everybody's like, oh, no. I know where he's going with that. I bet he's going to bring back the oldies. <laughs> Some of you would like that. And there's some that I really like. And then some of them I go, really? We really like that song a lot? Some of them are a little hokey now. But that's okay. That's just me. Okay. Look, look at this. So we need, to, we, we need to know that prayer is deep in person. Look at the next point. We need to let prayer form our perspective. This, uh, this guy I know in California, Kurt Harlow. And when I saw this, I got it about a few months ago. And I've, I've just been thinking about it a lot. That prayer really does frame your attitude and mine when we have a bad attitude i would suggest the very first thing we do is pray i'd suggest the very second thing we do is pray i would suggest a third thing we do pray some more have you seen that your attitude gets transformed when you pray you've got a bad attitude you're upset about a situation maybe it's your fault maybe you've contributed maybe not maybe it's being done to you you just need to pray. Hey, we're coming into the season, I promise you, you will, it will help your driving habits if you learn to pray when you're in traffic. Now, I'm just going ahead and warning you right now. The other day I had to leave here and go down to the Honda dealership. Took me 30 minutes to get down there. Honda dealership's not very far. But when there's traffic and people don't know how to drive, oh, I said that out loud, didn't mean that. And then there's this place called East Chase that we love right out here. And when you drive, now from my house to there, it will take an additional 15 to 20 minutes over the next few weeks because there will be erratic, crazy, spirit-filled, I hope, drivers. <laughs> I'm sure. It'd just be bonkers. And don't you just feel the stress right now and you're so excited about getting out there in traffic. And somebody will say, nope, I'm getting on. Amazon Prime is my best friend. Just going to click 
your gift is one click away some of you are saying your gift you're not getting a gift okay well you're just cheap okay here we go now let's look at this prayer it's matthew chapter 6 and look at it with me then this is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one now that's from the niv nlt might say it a little bit different you get different translations you get into the new king james and we'll talk about that or the king james version and i'll tell you because that's how we memorize it if we're older in the house but here's what i know there in verse nine look at the very first thought with me i love this the word our he could have just started and say, my father, and that would have been personal, and that would have been okay. But in this prayer, he's instructing us to say, our father. So when we gather, it is a plural, it is a collective effort that we cry out to him, our father. We're in fellowship with you, God, but we're in fellowship with our friends, with those that sit next to us, that those that come, they're in our small group. And it says, our father does what? He's in, where is he? He's in heaven. He's in places above. He's in the holy place of God. That's where he reigns and rules supreme over his universe. Are you grateful this morning that God rules and God is not asleep and God has not been surprised by any event that's ever happened or ever, ever will happen in this life? We don't catch our God off guard. We get caught off guard all the time. But God's not. He, he's our father. He's a personal father. I love in the Hebrew, Abba. Abba. He's Abba, Father. And so we try to translate it, and the best we can do is Daddy. It's intensely personal. You are my Daddy. Now, you might call, what do you call your dad? You go, he is Father. I knoweth him from afar. <laughs> well, y'all have a weird relationship. But that's okay if that's what you do. I always called mine Diddy <laughs> when I was young. Hey, Diddy, Diddy. Like, who's a Diddy? He's my daddy and daddy and I love it and and I remember right after he died in 1994 it's about two days in and I remember just feeling this crushing weight coming on my shoulders that I had no earthly dad anymore I felt more pressure on me as as a family member to carry new loads and then the thought just occurred to me that we'll never have conversation again on this earth. I'll never be able to call and share my struggles and my victories or sports or politics or the things that were precious to me or my precious Savior or my dad. And then the Father whispered in my ear one of the sweetest things I've ever heard. Keith, you are not alone. I am your heavenly Father. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not abandon you, for I'm your God. I'm Abba. And I got to tell you, in my spirit, I rose up and I knew I was going to be okay. And I've been fine. Oh, I miss him. I can hear songs. I can see sights. I can have experiences, and I want to. I never got to share this experience with him called Christ Community. But I have the eternal hope in Jesus Christ that I will see him again in heaven. And everybody does that places their faith in Christ. So here's this, this, this term of respect, endearment is Abba. 
Just a couple things I want you to write down just in the side. I think these are helpful. He's a loving father. Psalm 103.13. A father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those that honor him. I'm glad that my heavenly father is a perfect father. I had a good dad, but he was by no means a perfect dad. I'm a dad to two girls. And I hope I'm a good dad, but boy... If you ask my girls, they go, my dad's missed the mark many times, but he does love us. But here's the attribute I just get you to circle or think about. Are you a compassionate dad? Are you striving to be a compassionate dad? 1 Peter 5, 7, you know the verse. Cast all your anxiety on him, be an Abba, because he cares for you. This morning, I don't know what you're carrying. Some of you could be carrying a health diagnosis that's terminal or not good. Some of you could be carrying a situation or, or something really difficult is happening in your life and you feel abandoned, you feel struck down, you feel perplexed, but I, I beg you to lean in to the Father this morning. Matthew 6, 31 and 32. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? Your hot, heavenly Father knows of these things. Do you think the Father's concerned with what we wear? Do you think the Father's concerned about our needs? absolutely and he meets those needs for us in christ jesus and he's a good, good father that's the thought i'd say to you i had um drew change the set this morning he's a good good father that's who god is that's who abba is and i know every time i talk about this somebody goes pastor every time you talk about daddy or father i'm scarred i didn't have a very effective i had an abusive father my father molested me. My father was a drunk. My father was mean-spirited. My father was gone. My father was caustic. My father was negative. My father beat my mom. My father, I mean, I could go through years like, man. And so I know you have to work through that. But I believe when we lay all our baggage before Jesus, before our Heavenly Father, I believe he has the capacity and the desire and the heart to heal us. Do you believe that, church? So this morning... I hope you had a great father, but I know you have a great heavenly father. He's a good father. Even if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he can never disown himself. 2 Timothy 2, 13. He never goes back on his promises. This prayer I'm talking about today, it's been recited by millions and millions of Christians over the centuries. This morning, this prayer we're going to close out with together in the old King James Version way. And this prayer is a powerful prayer, but it's not that I want you to just memorize it, and it'd be good to memorize it, but I want you to extract parts from it that it could begin to reshape and remold and reframe your prayer life because it's a template, that's all it is, and in that template you begin to work through it and you make your request known to Him, that He is a good God. Look at this, verse 9. Prayer shows our dependence on him and i would add a word i should have added in there prayer helps us it it helps us uh, show our daily dependence on him god i want to depend on you lord i'm weak lord i recognize that you're strong our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name you know what that means it means to reverence god it means to rehearse who he is when we sing this song, it helps me rehearse the goodness of the Father, of Abba, and it helps you to do that. 
when we pray, we relinquish control to him. You know how your earthly dad will say, let go, let go, trust me, relinquish it to me, I'll take care of it. And so many times they do, and they do a great job. But the Father in heaven, he's never lost one. He's never failed. And this morning, I know you're saying, man, pastor, I, I need that word. There's something you're holding on to, and God's like, give it up. And then the thing is, when we reverence his name, we recognize his presence. That's what I pray. When you pray, I hope you recognize you're not just going, hey, man upstairs, how you doing? Oh, that's disrespect. There's nothing holy about that. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Daddy. Good morning, Abba. This is going to be a great day. And sometimes you get up, I understand, Father, this is going to be a difficult day. And you go through all this stuff. And Father, I hadn't even got out of bed yet. But I'm going to. But you know, God meets us wherever we are. If we're willing to call on his resources all throughout the day and say, God, I need you. But holy, sanctified, when we say hallowed be your name, it's, Lord, your name is holy, your name is separate, your name is sanctified, your name is above all names. God, you're the name above all names. God, your name is great. Your kingdom come. And then look at this right here. I want you to see this. Your kingdom come. And we're, we're going to talk a lot about this. And I want to show you verse 10. We have a king. And it's not me and you. It is Jesus. I love that. We have a kingdom and we're agents and we serve the kingdom of Christ. But if we're not careful, we always have this thing. I, 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 I need this. I want that. I should have. I, I, I. And I think we just need to say, Father, you're my king. And I want to live for your kingdom. I want to advance your kingdom by the spirit of Christ. And Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your will pervade today, this week, this day in my life. Somehow in that, God, there's a new vantage point. There's something new. Lord, I trust in you. Father, because I have a relationship with you and you're my king, I want to be subject to that kingdom today. Lord, I want to, uh, you promised a king and you gave one in Christ. You promised a kingdom, and you've given that. You're the king of heaven. You're the king of Israel. You're the king of the ages. You're the king of glory. You're the king of the saints. You are the living king. Amen? He's a king. You're like, I don't know about this king stuff, man. Well, you're subject to something. I hope it's not yourself, or I hope you're not subject to the prince of this world, Satan. That's not the team you want to get on. You want to get off his team and get on God's team. And you want God to be your eternal king. And let his praises ring throughout your heart that it reigns forever and ever. And toward the end of the tribulation, the scripture where the 24 elders come together to sit before God on their thrones, and they fall down saying, listen to this, we give thanks to you, O God Almighty, the one who is and was and is to come. For you have great power and you reign forever you know guys i've never been to heaven <laughs> neither of you but i look forward to that trip to that journey i really look forward to the i'm not so excited about the the journey getting there called death okay but i know jesus is able to take care of that 
I'm excited about the other side, the destination. You, you know when you go on a trip, how many of you just love the journey? You're lying, man, if you said yes. See, us men, we have a gene. And what's it called? Drive and conquer fast. And your wife wants to go, we need to go to the bathroom. We need to go eat. We need to go smell the flowers. We need to stop. Yeah, you ever done this, man? Or is it just me? Am I just weird? I'm driving down the road, making good time, passing all these cars. My family would say, Dad, we need to stop. How bad we need to stop? <laughs> well, Dad, uh, about 50 miles ago, it's getting bad. It's getting real bad now. We need to stop. You know, and you pull in, you make the stop. Of course, you know, I'm, you know, hey, don't tell Donna, but I'm glad we stopped too. And, uh, and uh, oh, she's in here. And, and, and so, and, and then we get back on the road, and then I'm going down the road, and I'm trying to make time. And I have to start passing all those people that I done passed one time. It's laborious to go on a long trip. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. Are, are, are you like that, man, or is that just me? Aaron, you, you drive a lot. You drive from Memphis. Are you like that? Do you want to drive and conquer? You just want to be done with it. And Megan, you want to stop and have chatter and coffee and talk to people, right? Yeah, see, I knew it. How many women are like that? Raise your hand. Wave at me. The rest of you are mad at me. Okay, that's all right. I hope we're not traveling anywhere for Thanksgiving. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. I just thought about that as I told that story. So this kingdom, you, you know, uh, in Matthew 6, he has that verse that we memorized so early on as a Christ follower, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And do what? Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness, and then all other things will be added unto you. God, we want to be subject to the kingdom because we have a, a kingdom. You've, you've established your kingdom in our hearts. But then move on here. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we, we talked about God's will several weeks ago. But verse 11, give us today our daily bread. Now, as Westerners in America in 2017, the truth is this doesn't make a lot of sense. We have refrigeration. We have freezers. We have Costco. I kind of like the place, okay? Sam's, Walmart, Publix, Kroger's, the Dollar Tree. I don't know. Go somewhere. Okay. But we've got stuff. And so here's what I wrote down here, verse 11. Our God is not stingy. How many of you are glad that God's not stingy? He's not. He gives good gifts. But in the day when the scriptures were written, man, they didn't have the ability to really store up food like we do today or these great places that we could go and... Uh, and could buy goods or run back down to the grocery store. But the, 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 the principle here is there is that our God likes to meet our needs, and we need to pray for our, our, our daily needs. See, here's what we want to pray. Let's just be honest. I want to pray for my annual needs. God, could you take care of this year, this month, this quarter? I'll check back in with you at the end of it. God wants us to be sustained by him moment by moment, day by day, we run to him and we go, God, thank you for the daily bread. Now, it's not bad to pray for natural provision. I think we should. Do y'all think God gets upset if we get a nice car? I don't. You think God wants us to have a nice house? I, I think it's okay with him. You think God wants you to have a good job? I think it's probably okay. I think we should check in with him, see what he wants us to do. But he's a good father. And the church said, 
Some people walk around, oh, I'll just all be oppressed and poor and downtrodden and all that. I don't think so. Then who are we going to be able to help? So there's something good about having wealth, but it's wealth that we can share that wealth, and that wealth brings glory to Jesus Christ. So we gather and we look to him as the source, and I say, Lord, my dependence is on you. Write down this verse, Exodus 16, 15. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Do you know what manna, you know what it means? You know what manna means? Somebody's going to say, bread? Nope. You know what the literal definition for manna is? What is it? They didn't know what this stuff was. This stuff fell from heaven. It sustained them. And he fed them for 40 years. And what happened after they ate it? They whined and complained. When's the last time we complained? God, I've had Big Macs three days this week. We need to change it change up. I, I didn't, don't worry. Oh. Hey, I had this, I had that. God, I had peanut butter and jelly 32 days in a row. Hey, guys, can I just tell you something? I've been reintroduced to peanut butter and jelly in the last six months again. I ate it a lot as a kid, and I kind of quit, and my palate got more sophisticated. My grandkid one day, one of them said, Pop, can I have some peanut butter and jelly? I said, sure. Went in there and made peanut butter and jelly, and I was, as I was putting on that peanut butter, I got a whiff of Jif, and it was amazing. <laughs> And I said, man, this, this smells good. And I reached down there, did that, and I went, man. And do you know now every single week, at least once, sometimes twice a week, PK is running for the peanut butter and the jelly. Knock the little man down, say, no, it's mine. <laughs> like it. What do you think they would have done here if they had manna with a little whiff? Or a little whiff, a little jiff. I don't know what. It might have been whiff. It was gone. I don't know. All right. Anyway, manna. Verse 11, look at this. So he says, give us, to, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Now we're asking for this daily bread. We're, we're trusting in him. But let me fill in this blank. I, I forgot to fill in here. Bring our needs, not our greeds. Let's bring our needs to the Father, not our greed. I know that's not good English needs, greeds, but it works, okay? Let's bring our needs before the throne of grace. Not so much our selfish desires, and selfishness and all about me but god here's my needs that i present to you could you provide for that god does provide a lot of wants and i'm thankful and, I, and i'm sure you are this thanksgiving i trust that all of you will have plenty to eat and you'll sit around the table with some friends or family and there'll be people that care about you and nobody will have to eat alone and, and maybe there'll be a lot of people maybe there'll be a few people but you'll enjoy a good meal we were going to do a, a thing that it, this uh, past weekend and uh, ended up, as we got ready to go serve, I called the lady just to check in, say, hey, we're ready to go serve the village. It, Gibbs Village, I think is the name of it. <laughs> it's not the village. Like, it takes a village to raise people. Anyway, and we were going to serve, and she says, hey, don't come. I'm like, we want to come. She goes, all 58 meals are taken care of. Everybody's accounted for. Everybody's going to be home, has the meal. We have plenty no room in the inn. No, that's a Christmas story, but it's such what it sounded like. And she goes, we're okay. Wasn't that awesome? And that's probably been uh, happening over and over as a reoccurring theme across our city, at least Thanksgiving. And then we'll get through that, and people will get back really hungry. So God, make us sensitive to other people that don't have something to eat that we might be able to share with them. I'm grateful for Chrissy. Chrissy had a vision for this backpack ministry, and our church is very active in it. 
And uh, every single week, kids get meals for the weekend. They come out here to Christ Community. Some of our, our volunteers, they pack them. They take them to Wares Ferry School. The lady in the office distributes the meals to the kids. And they go home and they have food. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it makes a difference. If you didn't have any food and all of a sudden you got food, man, you're going. And I don't know, maybe, maybe some of these kids have been praying this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. This makes me thankful. Bring our needs to Christ. Look at verse 12. Forgiveness is not optional. As I look at that, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, it's not optional that I forgive. It's, uh, it, it's really commanded. Lord, you want me to be generous in overlooking the faults, the behavior, and the misgivings of other people. And this isn't a message about forgiveness, but it's part of it. But it's intertwined with the vertical and the horizontal. And as long as you and I draw breath, we're always going to have a need to receive forgiveness, but to extend forgiveness. And let me just go ahead and tell you something, friend. This Thanksgiving is going to be a test for some of us. And there will be some people that are a little harder to love than others. They're a little bit, no, they're a whole bunch cantankerous. Can you say cantankerous with me? Do you have that cantankerous uncle? Do you have that cantankerous person in your family? Don't answer. This is being recorded. But you know what I'm talking about. And aren't you excited this year about talking about politics around the table? Shouldn't that be fun? When they have extremely different views in you. About as much fun as it's been talking about Jesus to people over the years. And they're like, we, we, we don't want that. I continue to pray for those doors open to some of my family that they would come into a great relationship with Jesus. Many have. Pray others will. I understand. Some of you have had those awkward conversations and you've been sharing with that uncle or aunt or mom or grandfather or grandmother or, or cousin or somebody. Or you haven't shared, but you're convicted every year to share. I pray that this year God will give you the boldness to share a good, clean gospel witness for Christ. And the church said, not condemning them, but inviting them to a grace-filled life with a Savior that's abundant and merciful because he's a good father. So we hold grudges in our hearts. What happens? Man, we poison ourselves. We, we get sick. There are a lot of people in the hospital and psychiatric wards and all kind of institutions and, and clinics because they have all this unforgiveness buried deep in their heart and it's welling up and it's manifesting to depression and heart disease and even cancers and on and on and on we know from all these uh, medical journals that i've i don't think don't think i read them but you know i, I read the highlights of them okay because <laughs> i wouldn't understand them but am i not right doc i mean there's just a lot of stuff we bring ourselves and a lot of it's just because we hold those grudges and we like them so my prayer is that somehow this thanksgiving we go god i'm gonna start praying the world's greatest prayer and when it gets to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors God, forgive me. God, don't forget me. God, have mercy on me. That's an easy prayer to pray. Everybody wants to get forgiveness. But nobody wants to, or not many people want to extend forgiveness. God, this season, help us to begin to extend forgiveness. Let me just write down some thoughts that might help. Forgiveness is not approving sin. Did you hear what I just said? When we forgive people, it doesn't mean we placate to it or we approve their sin. We can forgive them, but we don't approve it. Here, forgiveness is not enabling sin in other people. 
We go, man, there, there's a mark. There's a, a definition of my life called grace. And there, there's, there's a pattern that this is how I live, but I'm not going to excuse that. Forgiveness is not denying doing wrong. You know, we have to be called out. Forgiveness, here it is. We've been talking about this on, in anger in our study with Chip Ingram for about 10 weeks. Forgiveness is not waiting for an apology. And if I'm not, if we would be real, and I could just look in your hearts, a lot of us would go, you know what? You're talking about forgiveness some today. And I haven't forgiven that uncle, that aunt, that parent, that friend, my brother, my sister, because they did not apologize to me. And when they apologize to me, then I'm going to forgive them. That's not what Jesus said. Forgive them. Because the apology may never come. But I want you to be free. Forgiveness is not forgetting. When I forgive somebody, it means I don't forget what they've done. Man, it was wrong. It was sinful. It was not characteristic of a believer. Forgiveness is not neglecting justice. Forgiveness is not, I hear this all the time, you got to forgive me. I do have to forgive you, but I don't have to trust you. And the church said, I like that one. You know, trust is hard to build. And you can erode trust very quickly. And you can rebuild trust in relationships, but it takes a long time. And just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you're going to necessarily trust them. And I, I just think this is helpful for us. And then look at this. So forgiveness is not optional. Look at verse 13. Our Father leads well. I like that. Our God leads well. And lead us not into temptation. In James 1.13, if you want to write this verse down. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Does God tempt you? No. Does God lead you? I hope so. And he can lead us away from temptation. And there's different temptations for different ones of us. And, and, and we know that uh, Jesus is a deliverer. And that Jesus himself was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And in that place he was tempted, and yet he sinned not. The Bible says in James that we're drawn, if you want to read James 1 this afternoon, that we're drawn away by our own evil desires, our own enticements. And when we're drawn away by temptation, guess who is right there when we're drawn away by our sinful desires? Satan. And he jumps in and he pounces on us. How many of you have ever been pounced by the devil? He's not very fun, is he? And he loves to destroy me and you. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And I just pray that God give us victory over our temptation. Because I don't, I don't know what your given temptation is. A lot of us probably have the same one. Some of us have different ones. Some of us have multiple temptations. But the, 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 the verse, though, is, he says, what? Lead us not into temptation. You're a good leader. You know what I know about God? He won't mislead us. Write that down. God will never mislead you and me if I ask for direction. Lord Jesus would you order my and my friend's steps away from temptation into your steps, into your place? You know, another word, if you really break this word down in the Greek, temptation, another one would be trials. And a trial, you know what a trial's for? It's a test, and a trial forces you and I to grow. So our temptations, in that sense, can be good in that they lead us to grow to be more dependent upon the Savior. So God began to lead us here to make us strong. I love where Hebrews talks about that Jesus sympathizes 
with every one of us because he knows what temptation is. He knows what sin is, and yet he sinned not. And he overcame the whole book of uh, Hebrews. And so Jesus was led into testing, into temptation, into trial, and yet he did not succumb to it. And I know we're human, and we sometimes will succumb and fall and yield to it, and we get messed up. But the great news is we can confess our sin, repent, and turn, and we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he can clean and make us holy. Isn't that good? So here's a quick prayer. Dad, Abba, Father, lead me. Lead me in the path because I want to stay close to you. Somebody already told me this morning, they said, Pastor, I've kind of gotten away from God. I'm trying to get back close to him. You're in a good place. He is here among us and in us and calling us to himself. He's a great God. I'll give you this verse. It's the classic verse, but you've got to have 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It's a great verse to memorize. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, that, that, that sounds pretty good, but then he goes, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out, a way of escape, so that you might endure it. Do you know our God is so good and leads so well that he always provides a way of escape? And some of you might say this morning, man, pastor, my sin or my struggle is lust or whatever. God's leading a way of escape, maybe to change the channel or get rid of this or whatever. Or you're saying, pastor, uh, you know, my struggle is this and God's providing a way of escape. And you're saying, well, pastor, I'm a glutton or I need to do this. And you can't just keep going to the donut store every day. Go, God, deliver me from temptation. But six more. You know, I mean, this is a hard one for me. I like to eat. I mean, you know, and, and, and some of you like to eat and some of you don't. I'm like, oh, bless your heart. And, uh, and so it, it's hard and you just have to go, God, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me. He is a delivering God. Matter of fact, he, he provides a way of escape. Let me just give you this real quick. Psalm 22, 19 to 21. He gives deliverance from peril and danger. You, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Here's one. Lord, deliver me from fear. And I'm just going to shuck it down to the cob here. Some of you are consumed, paralyzed by fears in your life. I don't know why, but you are, and they, and they jump on you, and, they, and they've had victory. But listen to Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Is that a great God? That's the Father we're talking to today. Our Father who art in heaven, but when he gets down to this part, what does he say? Deliver me. Lead me not in temptation, but deliver me from evil. Deliver me from the evil one. Oh, God, do a new work in our hearts. Make us smart. And fill in this box with me. How can I overcome temptation? Fight, 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 fight in his strength. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Second point, flee, or, or not flee, follow follow james 4 8 come near to god he'll come near to you wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double-minded so you fight you follow here see flee you just flee joseph in potiphar's house what did he do he embraced it he nursed it no he didn't that's like a ran 
Flee the evil desires of your youth. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. And look, look at the last one. This is important. But feed. Feed on the message of Christ. Feed on the scriptures. That way we're strong. Now, I want to tell you something. I'm going to do the last part of this verse here. And this last part is not in most manuscripts. It's in some Greek manuscripts, but not most. So it's not in every translation. It's not in the NLT. It's not in the NIV. I don't believe it's in the New American Standard. It's not in the numerous uh, manuscripts or, or, or copies of the scriptures. But it is in the King James. How many of you memorize the Lord's Prayer in King James? A lot of us. There'll be fewer of us as we get older. I just want you to think about that, okay? And in that part, he adds something in there. Yours is the kingdom. Come, say it with me. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. And you that are young are going, where in the world do they make that up? I ain't even read that in my text. That's why I wanted to tell you. It's really... It got borrowed from Chronicles, and it was a, a praise, a worship of coming into the temple to worship God. So this morning, it's going to... Oh, you're a step ahead of me. That's awesome. Go back to the very front of it. Now, what we're going to do, this is going to be our benediction today. I'm going to get you to stand. Can you stand with me? Man, we, we, haven't, man, we haven't done the Lord's Prayer in a long time. And we're going we're to say it together today. And right before I do, I just want to pray, and then we'll pray this, and this will be our benediction, and we'll go out and go, what did I do today? Pray the Lord's Prayer. But I hope you got some understanding on the Lord's Prayer. Amen? All right, so let's pray, and then we'll have this prayer together. Just bow your heads with me for the first part, and then I'll let you open your eyes, okay? <laughs> Father, we're grateful for this morning, for fellowship, for the Holy Spirit, and for the Lord Jesus, and for the Word. And God, thank you for the gift of prayer and the world's greatest prayer that we've talked about today. I pray somehow you've illuminated our minds and hearts and our spirits. Lord, make us like Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray. Thank you for this pattern, for this template to teach me and my friends how to be more effective in this thing called prayer. I like it when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Jesus, that's what I pray this morning. Teach us to pray. Teach us to follow you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I'm going to do something. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to look at the screen with you because I just think this would be fun. And I'm going to come out here and hold some hands. Can we hold some hands? Y'all reach across the aisle and hold hands, okay? And we're going to look at that screen. And somebody will be like, I don't need to look at the screen. Well, don't mess it up, okay? Do it in this translation, okay? <laughs> and, and, and it's fun. All right. All right Y'all can hold hands. Hey, come on. Y'all okay, come on. Unity. Tell us, right here. She wants to hold your hand. Oh, she, it's okay. Everybody's holding hands and tell us, looking around like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> but we love tell us. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Hey, this is, it's kind of fun just to look, y'all just kind of turn around and look at each other. Y'all look good, man. I didn't know there's this many people in the room. Where'd y'all come from? Y'all were, y'all were not here at 10 o'clock. Okay. All right. I'm so, oh, I need to repent now. Lord, cleanse me. Okay, here we go. All right, let's pray the Lord's Prayer. And we're going we're gonna to break on five. All right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.